All right. Well, good morning, guys. Anybody driving here with like half their eyes open, barreling down, got the window down? Good morning. Um, so uh, we get to hear from one of my good friends on staff. Uh, we he came on about a year, year and a half before I did. So um, been on staff for a while, and at one point had the hardest job at Watermark, self-proclaimed and others proclaimed. And, uh, you know, we get to talk about just a topic today that is confusing and uh, just discipline and um, really probably one of the main areas in my house that I've just got to step up and be a leader in. And, um, you know, we we haven't always done it well. If you know the Barry story, um, our second kid's name is Bubba for a reason because he is just hard and tough and... um, and we're the bull that he can stay on for over eight seconds. He just will look in the face and cross the line. Oh, that line? Oh, watch me cross it. And I'll look in the face. And so this is an area we, we've, we've needed help, even with community, where we had, you know, Ryan and Allie Martin sit us down and just say, hey, we've observed your son. We've observed you disciplining him. And he's working you guys. And you need to ratchet it up. And, um, you know, and so... Uh, we've needed help in this area big time. But I'll tell you what, um, it is a gift. Discipline is a gift. It's a gift for us, and it's a gift for our kids. And um, and so anyway, uh, really excited. Just I love Wes Butler's kids. Great daddy. Live, lives five streets over from me, maybe six on a good day. And um, so let me pray for us, and you'll get to hear from my good friend Wes Butler. Father, thanks just for your goodness. Thank you that you love us enough to discipline us um, so that we can just be conformed into the image of your son, Jesus. And, and you discipline us so we can be a, a more godly husband to just love our spouse. You discipline us so we can be a daddy that our kids respect and can love. And um, so, Father, thank you. I pray that your scriptures would be alive to us this morning. I pray there just be one or two very clear things that we can leave here where we can just go, hey, Jesus is asking me to do this, and he's my Lord, and so I want to go do this. So, Father, will you just go before us in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, guys. Uh, It's good to be uh, with Plano this morning. Rob, is this your coffee, buddy? You might. You're going to die without that, I think. So, there you go. Um, uh, well, I made a pot of French press this morning and uh, got some caffeine going, and so hopefully you did too, and uh, you're alive and awake and ready to um, just dive into this really light topic of discipline. So I uh, was so thankful when Kyle was like, hey man, we'd love for you to come and speak to the dad's class. We're going to give you the easiest topic is, you know, discipline. Um, and so uh, really, the truth is, is that this morning, uh, the hardest part is not trying to figure out what to say. It's trying to figure out what not to say so that I can get you uh, to your small groups here in 25 minutes. Because obviously, this is a huge topic and one that um, everybody's curious about, everybody wants to know about. I've already talked to some of your table leaders this morning. I just go, man, this is the thing that people are wanting to hear about and, and understand. And so, hey, no pressure, uh, right? But um, I, I do hope this morning that um, we'll just hear from the Lord. And, and really hear and see his heart. Before I get too far, let me introduce my family just so you guys know uh, what my uh, particular trench is that I'm working in. Uh, this is my family. So my wife, Brandy, and I have been married. It'll be 19 years this summer. And, uh, and we have these four kiddos. So on your right there is Josiah. He's my oldest, 12. Uh, Sayla is on your far left. She is 
10, will be 11 next month. Malachi is there standing next to me, and uh, he is eight. And then today is Sweet Ella's birthday. And so uh, Sweet Ella turned six today. Daddy woke her up super early to uh, wish her a happy birthday and say, I'll see you later. Um, But uh, anyway, the Lord has allowed us to build our family through the gift of adoption. All four of my kids are adopted. Uh, I have two who are more obviously adopted than the others, but but all of my kiddos uh, came to us just through that gift. And uh, we're really, really thankful for uh, what the Lord has allowed us to do. That said, uh, as you guys know, um, they are my greatest challenge. Uh, Apart from myself and my own discipline, which we're going to talk about this morning, uh, raising these kids uh, and loving that woman on that screen are the the greatest challenges that I face on a a daily basis. More challenging than leading, uh, as Rob called it, the most difficult ministry that I was a part of. Uh, I now tend to think the job I'm in as the children's director uh, in Dallas and family director is now the hardest job. Maybe it's just wherever you are, it feels like it's the hardest job, but, um, but, but it pales in comparison to my responsibility, uh, what is at stake with these um, kids that the Lord has entrusted to me and, um, and just the, the challenges that face us every day. And so I would be crazy to stand up here and go, hey guys, I figured this discipline thing out and I'm, I'm just here to share with you all my best secrets. The reality is, is that I'm pretty sure I messed up yesterday. I know I messed up the day before that. I'm confident I'll probably mess it up again today because I'm broken and I'm in need of a savior. And so, uh, so we're gonna turn to God's word and we're gonna look and see what he has to say to us. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews 12 this morning. We're just gonna camp out in Hebrews 12. And I wanna do a couple of things for us. One, I, I wanna give you just some principles of discipline that come from this passage. It's probably the most clear passage on the topic of discipline that we have in the scriptures. Um, those we'll see that the, uh, the thread runs throughout God's word. Uh, and then I, I wanna give you, try to give you just some real practical, hey, here's what I think it looks like when we are disciplining in a way that, uh, that reflects our father. And so uh, let's just read. We're gonna start in verse three and read down through verse 11. So I'd love for us just to read that together. It says, consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And so this morning, uh, the kind of topic of um, the day and the the subheading is um, discipline. It's producing a harvest of righteousness. 
and it comes straight from here. And so last week you, you uh, came in here and you, you got to hear about the topic of train. And so as I think about, as I was reflecting on, especially that last verse and what does it mean to produce a harvest of righteousness in our kids? I, I take train and I would put that kind of in the category of that, that's where you're planting seeds. So you're running your offense. You're going, hey, we've got to do something proactively if we want to experience the blessing that comes from uh, training up our children. And so we're going to go out there and we're going to plant seeds. And so you heard the panel last week. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to hear them, but I know that they gave you just great ideas of, hey, here's some of the things that we are doing to be intentional in the way that we train our kids. And so as we train them, that's planting seeds. Well, I would say that discipline is the rain that comes after it. Discipline is the rain that comes after it. I was introduced to a, a poem, a very short poem, uh, just a few months ago, and, uh, and I love what it says. And it just, it's, uh, the title of the poem is Forecast by Lucy Shaw, and it's up here, and it's just these few short words. It says, planting seeds inevitably changes my feelings about rain. Think about that. Planting seeds inevitably changes my feeling about the rain. You see, what discipline is, is it is the rains that kind of fall on the field that we are trying to uh, reap a harvest from. And yet, if you're not a farmer, if you're not planting seeds, uh, rain just feels like an annoyance, doesn't it? Uh, I go to Ethiopia. I've been there many times. I'm not a farmer, by the way. Just I'm a good city boy. Grew up in Houston. Uh, came back to Dallas as soon as I could get out of Abilene, Texas. Uh, but uh, but I, I'm not a farmer. But I, I go to Ethiopia about once a year, and the areas that I go to are farmland. And so we drive out to the middle of nowhere, and and we're out there. And man, those guys are they are working hard, and they're planting seeds. And when we go, we're going there to share the gospel with these folks and to engage with them. And uh, and we're bringing our soccer balls out to the field to go play. And and we usually go during the rainy season, which means that at least one point in the day, if not all day long, it's just going to start dumping on us. And it's an annoyance to me right? Because why? Well, these aren't my fields. But those farmers that have been out there and they've been plowing and they've been planting seeds, when they see the rain come, they go, hey, yes, we know that there's a hassle to it. Yes, we know that maybe it makes life a little more challenging and a little more difficult, but thank God for the rain. Thank you, Lord, for the rain. And when we think about discipline, it really is, hey, are we committed to watering the fields that God has entrusted to us so that we might, as the writer of Hebrews tells us, that we might reap this harvest of righteousness that comes. And so I just wanna give you five principles this morning from this passage that should help to give us a frame of reference uh, for discipline for us as dads as we seek to shepherd uh, the kids that have been entrusted to us. And so principle number one, right there in verse three, uh, is that we are sinners raising sinners. We are sinners raising sinners. Look what he says. says, consider him who endured from sinners such hostility, who's him, Jesus, against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. And see, the difference between Jesus and us is that Jesus was perfect. And here he is, he's uh, the perfect father. He's representing the perfect father. 
He's representing him perfectly. And yet he is trying to parent sinners. Well, we don't have the benefit of the perfection of Jesus in uh, the outworking of our lives. We are thankful for his righteousness that's been bestowed on us, but we are not him. And so we are sinners who ourselves are trying to raise sinners, which has a lot of implications. Not the least of which is this, is that if our kids are sinners, that means that their hope is not us. If our kids are sinners, that means that their hope is not us. They need someone greater than us. And so as we shepherd our kids' hearts, we are disciplining them for the sake of pointing them to the one who is the hope of their heart. And so we are sinners raising sinners. It also means this, is that we as sinners, the other implication of this is that we as sinners are constantly under the discipline of a really loving father. We, we too are being disciplined. And in fact, crazy enough, the Lord is just crazy enough to allow us to be disciplined through our children. Uh, I, I don't know if you're like me, but uh, I can tell you that probably this week I've learned more lessons about who I am and how much pruning the Lord still needs to do in my life through interactions with my children than probably anything else. My wife might be right there tied with her and on any given week we, we could combat, you know, uh, uh, battle that out, Right? But man, those kids are a means by which I'm looking in the mirror and going, oh my goodness. You know, when he got as frustrated like that, I think that was just a, he was just on replay. He's seen daddy respond to stress in his life that way. And so we are under the discipline of the Lord because he loves us. And so principle number one of this passage is, hey, we are sinners raising sinners. Principle number two is this, uh, discipline is evidence of the presence of love. Look what he says verses five through seven. It says, and have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Guys, this, I I will tell you as a follower of Christ, this little uh, few verses are some of the uh, most life-giving and hopeful verses that I come to in the scriptures. And and here's why, is that when I examine my life and I begin to look at my sinful patterns, I ask myself this question every once in a while. I go, hey, have I I been uh, allowed to get away with sin lately? Like, have I been allowed to sin in such a way that I don't feel the weight of it, that I don't feel the guilt of it, that I don't uh, potentially get caught in my sin or have others point that sin out to me? And by God's grace, I I can say 100% of the time, no, the Lord is continuing to prompt me with his spirit to bring people into my life and to say, hey, this is not your best, Wes. This isn't your best. And as he does that, those are gentle reminders to me that I have a father who loves me enough not to just let me go my own way. See, I I have those four kids, all four of them were adopted and there are uh, millions of orphans worldwide. But I have four that are my responsibility. They are my sons, they are my daughters. And when I uh, go overseas and I spend time like I did actually last week and I spend time with kids who are orphans, I love them, I, my heart breaks for them, but, but I am not engaged in their regular ongoing discipline. Why? Because they're not mine. They're not mine. But when I get back home and my kid is acting like a fool 
then, then I, as a daddy, have to be engaged in that. Why? Because I love them. Because I love them. Because I know the pain that they are running towards and I, I don't want them to experience that pain. And so one of the greatest evidences that you are a child of God, that your election is secure, that your salvation is secure is that you have a, the Holy Spirit inside of you who is nudging and tweaking your heart and saying, hey, that, that's not right. And I love you enough to prompt you that way. Or God brings other people into your life and says, hey, and so your children need that from you. They need that. That is your, one of your greatest expressions of love is that we don't just kind of go, ah, yeah, there, there they go again. It's one of the greatest ways that we can provide security to our kids is to say, hey, I need to engage with you in this because this is not your best. And I'm a loving father and I wanna help you. So principle number two is just discipline is evidence of the presence of love. Principle number three is just this, it's the opposite. So that the absence of discipline is abuse. Look at what verse eight says. It says, if you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. If there is an absence of discipline in your life, you can be sure of this. It's because you're, you're not a, a child. You're not that son and your children need you. They desperately need you to step in there and say, hey, and when we don't, we are uh, abusive with the responsibility that the Lord has entrusted to us. We might as well go and take them to the fire station and let the Moses law come into effect and just say, hey, here you go. I don't want them anymore. And, And that's not what God honoring parenting and discipline looks like. It looks like us fully engaging. And so the absence of discipline is abuse. And then principle number four, and we're gonna camp out here for a few minutes, is just this. We are God's disciplinarian representatives. We are God's disciplinarian representatives. Look at what he says in verses nine and 10. It says, besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them but he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. And so we see that God has entrusted to us what seems crazy to me at times. Where he just says, hey, Wes, I need you to go and I need you to represent who I am to your children. And God knows I'm gonna mess it up. God knows that I'm an imperfect representation of his perfect nature but he has left me here as his ambassador. Second Corinthians five tells us that. Hey, I'm his ambassador. And one of the uh, greatest uh, representations that, that my kids are going to see is me. It's why when you go through Regen and, and uh, other ministries like that, why the daddy wound is such a, a huge part of uh, what we walk through as men and as women. It's, hey, how is your father? Why? Because we are giving our kids a very dim and imperfect reflection of this heavenly father who is perfect in all of his ways. Uh, I just read an article by John Piper. I'll send it to you guys if you're interested. Uh, He just uh, posted a blog the other day about just 10 um, principles of child rearing from the scriptures. And, And one of them, he was talking about this principle and I love this quote. He says, no one loves his children more than God does. And no one is more attentive to discipline us for our good. Every Christian parent should consider seriously that when our children are under our care, we are God's representatives to prepare them for their heavenly father's discipline when they are no longer under ours. If they find God's discipline surprising, we may have left something undone. 
See, the whole principle of Hebrews 12 is basically, hey, don't be surprised when you experience discipline. How crazy would it be for your father not to love you? And, and yet, if we don't do our job of disciplining our children, when they begin to experience the discipline of just living in a broken world, they're gonna go, hey, what's the deal here? I don't understand. What, there's failure out there? I had no idea. My dad never let me fail. What, there's someone who's gonna tell me that I'm wrong? You can't tell me that I'm wrong. And we live very much in a culture right now that says, hey, don't do that. We don't wanna break their self-esteem. Here's your participation ribbon and your participation trophy. Way to go, you. Everybody gets rewarded at the end of the day. And we as dads, part of our responsibility is to help our kids to understand that suffering is a very real part of life. It's a very real part of life and we have to represent our God in that way. He's telling us right here, hey guys, don't be surprised when you suffer. That is the nature of this world that you are living in. And so I wanna give you just in a real practical sense, five uh, ways that, uh, that I believe God's discipline, we have to reflect that to our kids. And so we want to look to him as our model and say, hey, what does God's discipline looks like? Uh, here's one of my uh, things I'll tell you is uh, a lot of times as a guy who's over our family ministry, I get, hey, what are the Bible verses I need to go to so that I can be a good parent? And certainly there are the, the passages in the scripture. There's Deuteronomy 6, there's Ephesians 6, there's Psalm 78, Psalm 127. These passages that we come to over and over again, any parenting book that is Christian that you pick up is gonna quote some of that, if not all of it. And yet what I tell people all the time is, hey, if you want to understand how to be a parent according to God, just read Genesis through Revelation. Because God is our father. And everything he does is him fathering his children. From the Garden of Eden to the garden in which the city will live someday, he is fathering his children. And so we need to pay attention to his character. And so let me give you five things, and this is not an exhaustive list, but these are the ones that are most helpful to me as I think about my role as a disciplinarian in my home. Number one is just that God's discipline is calculated. It's calculated. Uh, Exodus 34, six through seven, God's talking about himself and he says, um, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. You see, we have a God who doesn't just fly off the handle because his kids got out of line. Do you, do you understand that? The, the very word wrath that we see often attributed to the anger of God implies a slow burn. This is not a God who has a short fuse who just whenever uh, you know, one of his children does something, he just goes, I'm done with them and let's you know, open the ground. That happens, right? The ground opens, people get swallowed up. Ananias and Sapphira lie about something, God smites them right? It, it actually does happen, but that is not uh, because God was surprised in that moment that Ananias and Sapphira lied. He goes, no, 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 I knew they were going to do that. In fact, there was probably more things behind that story that we don't know. Our God is calculated. And when we read passages like Romans 1, another great representation of what it looks like to father children, we are told that, hey, God revealed himself. He made himself known and yet people chose to go their own way. And so he is allowing the wrath of God to be played out in their lives. He's allowing that to happen. And so God is calculating. He doesn't just fly off the handle. He doesn't just lose his temper with his kids and swat them on the rear end. 
He's thoughtful about it. The other thing for us as dads, and so that we, we have to do that. We have to watch ourselves. We are not God, but how many times do the scriptures talk about being slow to anger, quick to listen, slow to speak? And that's the model that the Lord has set out before us. So we want to be calculated in the way that we think about our discipline. We also want to be calculated in this. It's just to know your kids. Know your kids. Uh, Proverbs 27, 23, actually think that's the wrong one. Sorry about that. Uh, Proverbs 27, 23 says, know well the condition of your flocks. And so dads, do you know your kids? Do you know their ditches? I heard Jim Wimberly say uh, several years ago that if he had parenting to do all over again, if you don't know Jim, he's in his 70s, his kids are grown, he's got grandkids and all that. But I heard him say several years ago that if he had parenting to do all over again, he would have paid more attention to the struggles of his children at an early age and prayed like crazy for that particular struggle. And, and, and so that is one of the things I go, well, he, he can't do it all over again, but I'm right in it. And so... I need to pay attention. So I can tell you what are my kids' ditches. I can tell you where they're going to fall. If they're going to fall, here's where they're gonna go. And as a dad, I wanna be intentional to know them. I wanna know what discipline they respond to. Not every child responds the same way to discipline. You heard Rob talk about his son, his second son, right, Rob? And the way, what, what worked for Jackson didn't work for Bubba. And so knowing your children and knowing how they respond and what kind of discipline they respond to. I've got a little girl that spanking did not work for her. It was a non-issue. And so it, it didn't work. And so we had to be creative and go, okay, what are those things that will allow her to experience the consequences of her sin so that she will know that there's not life there? So know your kids. Number two is that godly discipline is clear. Uh, Deuteronomy 30, 19 through 20 is one of my favorite passages. And it's just, uh, it's at the end of God giving his law the second time to his people. And he says this, he says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him. For he is your life and length of days that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. You see, God didn't leave us to guess what's the right way to go. And we as daddies need to do the same for our children. We need to set clear expectations. We need to communicate to them, hey, here's what I expect of you. Here's how I expect you to respond in a particular moment. And then to be clear about, hey, and here are the consequences when that expectation is not met. And so that could be natural consequences. Hey, if you don't do this, then guess what? You don't get to go to that thing because this has to be done before you go to that birthday party that you want to go to so desperately. But God didn't leave us to guess. He goes, hey, I've set before you life and death. I've told you the right way to go. And I'm just begging you to choose life. And we as daddies, that's one of the great responsibilities we have is to set before our children as God's representatives. Hey, here's life and here's death. I'm not gonna hide it from you. I'm not gonna shield you from it so you never have to make that choice. I'm gonna put that choice out there. I mean, think about the Garden of Eden. You realize that God didn't have to put that tree there. He also didn't have to tell them that there were consequences, but he did because he wanted them to learn to trust him. And so we set before our children every day, life and death. Hey man, this is the way to life. Yesterday morning, it was a bowl of cereal. My 12 year old hates cereal. But when, it's, when we're running late, guess what we're having for breakfast? Cereal. And you're gonna learn to like it. And we kept saying, hey bro, here's the deal. 
cereal. You need to eat it before you go to school. If you don't eat it, that's fine. It is your choice. But there is death here because what's going to happen is we're going to put that bowl of cereal in the refrigerator and that'll be your dinner tonight. And you think it tastes bad now. Just let it sit all day. And there's death there. So your choice. I'm not going to make the choice for you. And we went round and round and round about that. He eventually ate the cereal by God's grace. Um, But we as daddies, we've got to set that before our kids and be clear about our expectations and not surprise them. Not surprise them. Be as clear as you can. Number three is God's discipline is controlled. It's controlled. Again, you just think about that, man. How many times do we hear God say, slow to anger, slow to anger. Think about how many times uh, uh, we, we hear, um, or I'm sorry, you know, uh, in Ephesians, it talks about uh, how uh, in your anger, do not sin. This is not about us not being angry. Dad, you ought to be angry at your child's sin. But don't allow your anger to lead you to sin that then is gonna require the discipline of the Lord. And so you wanna be controlled in that. That's why Ephesians 6, 4 says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So you wanna be controlled in that. And look, by controlled, this is what I really mean. Is hey, is the spirit of God, is he guiding me right now? And those moments where my kid is pushing my buttons because he won't eat a daggum bowl of cereal, Am I allowing the spirit of God to influence the way that I'm thinking about him, the way I'm talking to him, the way that I am disciplining him? This isn't about self-control. This is about spirit control. And have I allowed God's spirit to reside in me so that I'm representing to my children a perfect father who loves them? That's, That's my challenge. That's my challenge. So anger is a right thing. It is a right response But when we, uh, a lot of people are gonna ask the question, hey, can we spank our kids? Is that the right thing? And and I would just say, look, it it certainly is something uh, that is one of the options that is out there. But how you do it matters. If you're just flying off the handle and just rearing back and slapping your kid on the rear end because you're frustrated, that's not godly discipline. That's just you. It's just you getting your gun off. And the spirit of God is grieved by that. And so for me, practically what that looks like, if and when spanking is uh, on the table as I bring those kids to me, when, and let me just be honest, when I'm doing it rightly, I bring those kids to me and I sit them down and I go, hey, here's, let, let's talk about why are you getting a spanking right now? What were the expectations that we set out and told you this was going to be the consequence? Well, this is it, okay. Do you understand that that's wrong? Yes, daddy. And so sometimes that takes time of just letting people calm down, myself included kids included so that I can have a a conversation with them. And then when we spank, I don't use my hand. I try to find another object so that they are not fearful of my hand, that they know that there is a time and a place for uh, that type of punishment. And then I spank them. And then as soon as I do, I pick them up and I wrap them up and I remind them, Hey, your daddy loves you. And I do this because I love you. And I hate it. I hate it. I love you. And look, that can apply to spanking. It can also apply to grounding. It can also apply to... So a lot of times my control is me threatening my kids with things I never fully intend on uh, following through on. I had, I had to apologize to my son a couple of weeks ago because I told him he wasn't gonna go to D-Town. <laughs> yes, he is. Of course he's gonna go to D-Town. He needs D-Town. I need him to get out of my house and go to D-Town. And I threatened him and I, had to, I go, hey bro, I, I don't want to just give you idle threats. 
I want to tell you what's really going to happen. Which actually leads to the next way uh, here is just that uh, God's discipline is consistent. James 5.12 says, but above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no so that you may not fall under condemnation. I want my discipline to be consistent with my kids. And so that's why I don't want to just give idle threats that I never intend on following through on. If I say I'm going to do something, we're going to do it. If I say that there are consequences for something, there are consequences for those things, which actually leads to the next thing, which is just that godly discipline is costly, guys. You see, the, way that, the, the reason that we get so frustrated about discipline, if we're really honest, is that it's not convenient. If we are doing it right, godly discipline is not convenient for us. I've been late to work. I've missed meetings, right? I I have uh, disappointed other people because they thought my kid was gonna come to their birthday party and that child acted a fool and I had no other choice but to say, hey, we told you that if you continue to do this, you wouldn't get to go. And so you're gonna have to apologize to your friend that you weren't able to be at their birthday party. I mean, those are hard choices. And there's a people-pleasing component of me. I don't know if you guys struggle with that, but man, there's a people-pleasing component of that. That if I tell my kids and now my kids are disappointing other kids, I don't want that to happen. It costs me something. It costs me something. And godly discipline will cost you. It takes time. It's a lot easier just to walk by my kid and slap him on the rear end and say, I can't believe you did that again than to wait until he's calm and I'm calm or she's calm and then sit down and have a conversation with them, then give them that spanking, then wrap them up and say, hey, I love you. That is a lot more time and I don't wanna take it because I'm selfish. And yet if I am reflecting my father, I am slow to anger and I am patient. And we see this in Hebrews 12, one and two. It just says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay also aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to who? Jesus, the author, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. You think that discipline isn't costly. Look to the cross. Look to the cross. And so those are just five ways that I think about. That's a grid that I use as I think about discipline for me as a dad is, hey, is my discipline, uh, is it uh, calculated? Am I thoughtful about it? Is it clear? Do my kids know the expectations? Am I controlled when I am dishing it out or am I just out of my mind because I'm angry? Is it consistent? Do I follow through on what I say I'm going to do? And then look, is it, is it cost me something? Does it cost me something? John Piper says this, he says, passive parenting is easy and it bears bitter fruit. Faithful parenting demands sacrifice and self-denial. It is not guaranteed success. The best reared children may rebel. God's did, I love that. Children have I reared and brought up and they have rebelled against me, Isaiah 1, 2. This is a great sorrow, but it is not the bitter fruit of parental neglect. Passive parenting is easy, but the fruit that you will get will be a bitter fruit. Faithful parenting does not guarantee results. It doesn't guarantee results, but the sorrow that you will experience as a result of that will be far different than the sorrow of saying, hey, I I blew it here. Guys, let me just tell you, the principle that I try to live my parenting life by is just this. I am not living for the best daddy ever ribbon of my kids on Father's Day. 
I am living for the well done of my heavenly father at the end of my days. That, that's what I want to hear. And that means that there are gonna be times that my kids say you're the worst daddy ever. Because I've certainly felt that way about God. And I go, hey, I know. I know that you feel that way. You're just gonna have to trust me on this one. Because I'm not living for you. You're not my God. God is my God and I wanna hear his well done. I wanna hear his well done. And so to close up, just one last principle here from Hebrews 12 is just this. Discipline is a process. It's not an event. Discipline is a process. It's not an event. Verse 11. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Guys, when I go to Ethiopia and I see those guys scattering that seed in the field and I see, I realize I'm only there usually for a week, maybe two at the most. I'm not gonna see the crops that those guys are gonna sell. I know I won't. But when I look at those fields where they're harvesting, I also know I wasn't there when they threw out that seed. It's a process, it takes time. Our job as parents is not just to get our kids uh, through childhood right. Our job as dads is to train up our kids so that they turn out right. To train up a child in the way he should go so that when he is old, he will not depart from it. That is our mission. That is our task. And so how are you doing, dads? Are you passive? Are you lazy in your discipline? Are there areas like Rob mentioned earlier that you need to talk with your community about and confess and go, hey guys, these are ways that I need you to help me and sharpen me as a dad because I don't wanna continue to fly off the handle or I don't wanna continue just to uh, you know, uh, give this to my wife and say, all right, you go do it. And men, let me just tell you that that's one of the principles here is if you are not aligned with your wife, boy, that, that's all kinds of heartache. There should be unity there. It's why the marriage covenant is so key for us in being good parents is I've got to align my heart with my wife so that I'm not surprised when she says, hey, this is the discipline that I doled out today. And that I don't come in and try to rescue my kids from the pain of that. And so how, how are you doing at being the leader of your home in this way? Uh, this week, I, as I understand, you're gonna have a chance to sit down with your wife and just kind of evaluate, hey, what, what, how is our discipline? I hope you'll take some of these principles and others that you're gonna find in the curriculum and just go, hey, how, how can I do better in this area and how can the Lord continue to grow and improve me? So let me pray for you and then I'm gonna let you get to your tables and talk through this. So Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you that you are a good father and that you do good things for your children because you love us. We thank you that when we experience your discipline, it's evidence of your love for us. It's not uh, some, uh, gosh, I wonder if God loves me. We can be confident that if you allow us to suffer as a result of our sin, it's because you love us. And you don't want us to continue to go down that road anymore. And so will you help us to be your representatives here on earth in the lives of our kids so that when they experience our discipline, that prepares them for the day when mom and dad won't be around anymore and they will just be in submission to you, Lord. And so Lord, may I not be surprised by your discipline because we failed to discipline in a way that represented you well to them. So Lord, will you help us in that? Will you sharpen us? Thank you for this time together this morning. Thank you for your word and that you speak clearly to us. And Lord, that you have set before us as dads today, life and death, and you've begged us, choose life. Go this way. Help us to do that for your glory and for the good of your people, we pray in Christ's name, amen. All right, guys, thank you all.